0: Let's uh, let's get into it. Today is Vision Sunday. This is year 15, everybody. Year 15. I can't believe it. All that God's done in 15 years. I want to get right into the message. And before I do that, though, I want to give you a little bit of an update, kind of a, a state of the church, so to speak, and just a couple of areas. One of those is in the area of outreach. Um, I just want you to know that the church has not stopped being the church. I really feel like you've risen up in a way that, that never before um, in the pandemic specifically. It's been amazing. I don't know if you know this, but locally in our local community. So where we have campuses, this isn't globally, this doesn't include nationally, but locally, you've served over 120,000 individual people through school supplies, food... Running to get groceries, running to get medicine, the vulnerable population, I mean, just so many different ways, building wheelchair ramps, and uh, just so many different ways, and I couldn't be more proud, and I want you to know nationally that um, as soon as the hurricane hit, our teams were in touch with um, two churches in Louisiana that we're in friendship with, Encounter Church and Church of the King, which are phenomenal churches, And, and we don't need to take a special offering today because you're such a generous people and we manage it with so much margin, we immediately sent checks down and 100% of your giving is going to meet the needs of people to get their home repaired, to get the... Trees off their houses. And I just want to say, some of you are like, you're like, put me in, coach. You're comfortable with traveling in this season. If you are, then through our partnership with Samaritan's Purse and Church of the King, we're going to be sending teams. So if you're interested in that, no matter where you're watching from, no matter where around the world you're watching from, we would love to have you be a part of that if you want to. LifePoint.org slash outreach is going to be on the screen for you. You can go to that website. You can find about all the ways to get involved in that. And then also, God's moving through LifePoint College. And uh, I tell you, with our Kingdom Builder team, which I'm so grateful for, the number one thing they wanna know about, how's the college doing? And I just wanna tell you, the college is doing amazing. Um, One cool thing that we just found out in the month of August is we got authorized to offer five master's degrees. So if you're interested in that, everything from MBAs to MDiv to MA in counseling um, to, I forget what the, uh, organizational leadership. So if you're interested in that, you should get in contact with that. We had about 153 leaders go through a certificate program this summer. We have a Bible certificate now. Just all kinds of opportunities to take your faith to a deeper level if you're interested. But I wanted you to hear the story of one of our graduates. I'm going to ask Kimmy if she'd come join us. Show Kimmy some love Kimmy just graduated in May, yes. got her diploma, yes. and so Kimmy, tell us what, what LifePoint College, just what has it done in your life?
1: Yeah, so before LifePoint College, I didn't really know who I was. What I mean by that is I struggled with my identity, I didn't know my worth or value, and I definitely did not know my purpose in life. But within my time at LifePoint College, I was able to discover all of those things. I now know my identity through Christ. I know that my worth and value lies in who He says I am. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And great. that I discovered my purpose by making a difference in the lives of others.
0: That's great. I love that you said that. You discovered your purpose, your purpose while making a difference in the mm-hmm. lives of others. I think some people are waiting for their purpose, mm. and then they're going to go make a difference. But you learn it, and, and the college strategically does that. It, it puts you in positions to figure it out and navigate it. So what are you doing right now?
1: So, because of LifePoint College, I now have the opportunity to intern with our communications department here at LifePoint, and I'm taking everything that I've learned, putting it into practice, and I'm leading and growing teams, as well as developing other leaders to love and lead well.
0: I love that. 20 years old, already leading people. (laughs) I love it. Learning design, film... Email communication, <laughs> social media, all yeah, the all the all channels, that. all yep. the things that we do. All right, so what is the dream? You're gonna finish your internship mm-hmm. in May, what are you gonna do after that?
1: So after my internship I am going to move to Germany to help launch Life Stuttgart and yeah. <laughs> so- And just take everything that I've learned here with me to help plant a life-giving church just like LifePoint here and reach those that are hurting and broken and that have a desperate need for Jesus. And I don't think I'd be able to do that without my time here in the church, in the college, and in this internship.
0: So proud of you. Aren't you proud of this girl? (laughs) Amazing. Love you so much. So LifePoint College could be your next step. And, uh, and all of the generosity of the church, Kingdom Builder team specifically, can't thank you enough for, you're, you're, you're making a difference in the lives of people just like Kimmy and so so many other students that she represents. Well, I want to talk to you today about building. Somebody shout building. I love building things. I'm, I'm, I'm all into building. Not, not like actually building it. I'm not a handyman. I end up paying more to repair what I tried to do. Come on, somebody. Anybody else with me on that? Like, I should have just hired someone in the first place. I'm not a good that, but I love it. When we, Tammy and I built our, our um, house about five years ago, I was there like every day watching the process, watching the wood go up, watching them run all the, all the stuff. Um, we built the Fredericksburg campus where we're broadcasting from now. I was here like every day watching it. The Spotsy campus, I was over there all the time. I just love the process, but it's not that I love brick and mortar and wires and PVC pipe and plumbing. I love what I knew would happen in the building, I loved, I was so excited and the vision that I could see is what what it would house that in the building I knew that many of you would come to know Christ. And I knew many of you would, would take your step of baptism and, and some of you would take a step to lead something for the very first time and discover that, that God has it on the inside of you to do that. And, and I just loved what it represented. And I wanna help you understand today though is that, is that the church isn't these buildings. It's not the schools that we meet in. The church are you. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is no longer dwelling in temples built by men, but He's now dwelling in you, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, this is why I love building the church. And I hope when you hear building the church, I think we should all be about building the church. I'm not talking about another campus or another church in another city or another state. I'm talking about building people. Because here's what I understand, that as we build more people, the Spirit of God dwells in those people, and then whenever those people go, there the church is. I don't know if you know this, but wherever you show up, that's where the church is, because you are the church. It's not a sign out front. It's not a logo. It's not a brand. It's wherever you go. So put me in the plumbing section at Lowe's. There's the church. Take me to the parking lot at Walmart. Hello, somebody. There is the church because you are the church. And I just believe that God is building a people. He's building a family. This thing called the church to make a difference in the world around them. And I just believe that, that it's time for the church to, to step into the mess in a new way. I love, you said in the nine o'clock, God's put us right in the middle of Louisville because we want to be right in the middle of where people are and the needs and hurts of people. You know, my, my prayer for this season is this, is that we won't look back and the history books right. I hope they don't write that the church was not present. I hope the history books don't look back and write that the church was not engaged. I pray that they look back and go, no, no. the church stepped into the darkness and showed the light of Christ in a way that it never had before. No, no, the church rose up in a way that it never had before, that it loved people in a way that it never had before, that it gave the goodness of the gospel in a way that it never, no, 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 the church stepped into people's fears and, and stepped into people's pains, and no, it stepped into the racial healing needed, and it stepped into the broken marriages. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is building his church. I don't know if you know that, but that's what he came to do. He didn't come to build a political class. He didn't come to build an economic class. He came to build one thing, and he said, I'm building my church. Not facilities. I'm building this called-out group of people. I'm building this movement of people. He said, I've come to build the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now think about this with me for a moment. Gates are not offensive weapons in a battle. They're defensive weapons. And by the way, if you didn't know, we're not just an assembly, we're an army. And we are in a spiritual battle. Against the forces of darkness. I'm not a guy that there's a devil under every rock. I don't trip down the stairs and go, Well, I rebuke the devil. No, I may need better shoes or or I'm getting clumsy. But there is a real spiritual battle. If you don't know that, open your eyes, look around. But we're not merely an assembly, although we are an assembly, we are an army. But the gates are not an offensive weapon, they are a defensive weapon. You don't pick up a gate off of its hinge and run into battle with it. So what Jesus was saying there is that there's going to be some territory that hell is going to want to put up some fortified gates around to protect And the job of the church is not to sit back in our nice little buildings, in our padded little seats, in our air-conditioned rooms, but our job is to get out and to kick down the gates of hell. And Jesus said, they will not prevail against us. I will take back the territory of hate. I will take back territory of broken marriages. I will take back territory of addictions, and the gates of hell will not Church. We're not to sit back in our nice little seats. I just want to be a good little Christian. I can't find a good little Christian in the book of Acts. I find faith-filled, bold believers declaring the good news of the gospel to hurting and broken people. And Jesus is about building his church. Can I tell you, for 15 years, we've been about building his Church. We are, we are church builders. I'm not talking about the staff. I'm talking about all of us. We're about building the church, not building LifePoint Church. Change the name. I don't care. Call it First Church of the Fried Chicken. I don't care. Call it Chick-fil-A Community Church. I don't care. Call it Holy Rock worshiping with the saints and tambourines church in christ i don't care i'm not building a brand i'm building an army of the church of jesus christ that'll go and push against darkness and make a difference in the community i wish somebody in the back of the room would help me preach this thing today that the communities we are in our nation needs the church Jesus gave it to us this way through the Apostle Paul. He says this in Ephesians, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens. This is because of Jesus, but you're fellow citizens. So there's there's a, a kingdom you're a citizen of now. And you're with God's people and members of God's household. So God's building a family. built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. He's our commander. He's the one giving the marching orders. He's the one we follow. I don't follow popular philosophy. I don't follow movements. I follow the person of Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. I'm not building this on my name. We're not building this on anybody else's name. I'm not building this on popularity. I'm building it on the person of Jesus Christ. In him, the whole building is joined together. Jesus is the only one that can bring black and white, brown, poor, and rich, educated, uneducated, under one banner, the banner of Jesus Christ. We should look around. Let me tell you, the church shouldn't look like you, think like you, act like you, or talk like you. Only Jesus can bring all of us together. It's level at the foot of the cross. So he says, he's building this joint together and rises. It's not hiding. It's rising to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become what? This is why. To become a dwelling in which he lives by his spirit to become a place where God resides. The world doesn't need nice little Christianity. It needs a place where the Spirit of God resides. It needs a place where the demonstration of the Spirit's power is seen. Religion has had its chance, and it has not worked. It has come up short. We need a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Only the Spirit can take a heart of stone and make it a heart of clay. Only the Spirit can transform and forgive our sin. Only the Spirit can cause hate to turn into love and bitterness to turn into forgiveness. We need the Spirit. And He dwells in this building, not this building, this building called the church. Are y'all with me? And so what is He building? What is He establishing? He's establishing a way of living and how is He doing it? He's doing it by helping lost people get saved. Saved people get pastored. Pastored people get trained or equipped. And trained people get deployed into their mission. The ultimate end of a believer is not Sunday attendance. The ultimate end of the believer is not to go to Sunday church and join a small group, which I'm going to challenge you today to do. It's not even to... Do 12,000 Bible studies and have all this knowledge. Knowledge puffed up leads to pride and arrogance, the Bible says. The ultimate end of every believer is to go make a difference in the world around them. It's to be carriers of this gospel. The ultimate end is for you to be deployed into your mission. You didn't sign up for a cruise ship. I don't know if you know that. You signed up for a battleship. So take your station and get on mission. You can either complain or you can be the solution. You cannot be both. You can either make life about you or about others. You can't make life about both. And I would just say you'll never be more fulfilled until you're making life about others. And so I want to talk to you about those two things today. Number one is we use this language, is that people would know God. Lost people would be saved. Saved people would be pastored, that they would find freedom. That pastor people would be trained, discover your purpose, and train people deployed, make a difference. That's the four things we do as a church. The Bible says this. I said, I tell you in the same way that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner than over 99 righteous Look what else he says to us. The Lord is not slow in his keeping his promise. Instead, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, everyone to come to repentance. The desire of Jesus is that everyone could come to faith in him. You know what that means? That means for you and I, we should have an obsession. Not a, it would be nice. Not a a golf clap at the end of the service. Let's celebrate all this. No, an obsession with people knowing God. Like an obsession. Like what's wrong with you, obsession, that people would know God. Now there's, there's a couple of ways that we do this, right? We do this. We offer a weekend experience every weekend. You can guarantee we're gonna end the service, we're gonna land the plane, we're we're gonna come to the conclusion and give everyone that is listening or in the room the opportunity to accept Jesus. Obviously during this time we've pivoted and there's a second way you can join online at the end of every online broadcast. If I don't do it, the hosts online are gonna do it. We're gonna give you an opportunity to receive Christ. Are you with me? I wanna share with you a third way that we wanna do it that's new. And it's what we're going to call watch parties. We're trying to create an in-between step. We don't want people isolated at their home. And not everybody's ready to come back into the building. Nor could we fit everybody right now with regulations. And so we're going to challenge some of you that are watching at home. That you would would say, I'll sign up. I'll host a watch party. And I'll invite about five or ten people. Because just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean that people don't need to know God. We've got to figure out creative ways. We've got to figure out in-between steps. We've got to figure out a temporary solution until we can create more space, bring me, poor people in. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you're interested in that, you can text right now LC Watch to 9400, 9400. What are you signing up for? You're signing up to say, I'm willing to open my home to 5, 10, 12, 15 people, and we're gonna have church together. We're gonna watch the stream together and engage together in church. Let's call it this, we're gonna create a micro gathering since we can't create macro gatherings to the full extreme right now. But here's what I really want you to understand, is that in all those scenarios, whether it's on a campus on a weekend, or it's online, or it's in a watch party gathering, The common denominator has always been you. It's always been you. Worship experiences don't save people. Worship experiences don't, they create an environment and they create an atmosphere and our amazing dream team that are serving in this season, thank you, God bless you create an amazing experience for people to come. But it has always been since day one, it's been you inviting your neighbor. It's been you praying for that lost friend. It's been you. You have always been God's plan A. He didn't say go into all the nations and create worship experiences. No, he said, you go into your job and make a disciple and you go into your homeroom and make a disciple and you go into your business and make a disciple and you go into your community and make disciples of all the nations and then go baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are not a church gathered. We are a church deployed on mission. And some of you think, well, I don't don't really know how to do that. I don't know how to lead somebody to faith in Christ. I'm going to train you right now. You ready? Are you ready? I want you to write this down. Look what the Bible says. It says, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Here's what Jesus was saying. The people that need God is not the problem. There's not enough people that are telling them about God. There's not enough people that are representing God to the world. And so I want, I want to train you really quickly on how you can go help somebody know God. Number one is this, is you have to expe- accept the personal responsibility. you got to see it as your personal responsibility to help somebody know Jesus. There's somebody in your life right now. I bet if I came to you, you could give me a name of somebody that is far from God but close to you. And there's a reason that you're in their life. You've got to see it as your personal mission. The Bible says this everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call unless they believe? And how can they believe if they've never heard about Him? How can they believe if they've never heard about Him? And then it goes on to say, "And how can they hear unless someone tells them?" Right. Well, we're in America; everybody knows. No, they don't. No, they don't. Do you know how many people I've met that they're like, "Now, who is Jesus?" In Virginia, somebody's got to tell them. I've got to accept. Per- it's my responsibility. My city, my neighborhood, my school. I've got to accept the person. Louisville, your pastors can't reach the whole city. It's it's your responsibility. Everybody on that core team, your responsibility. It's your responsibility to be a part of reaching. Number two is this, is develop a personal relationship. You, You don't drive by, you know. Hey, you need Jesus, peace. It's not effective. That doesn't help the cause. Hey, going to hell. Come to my church. If you do that, don't tell them the name. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop a relationship. Look what Paul said. He, said. he said, I tried to find common ground with them. That takes time. So that I could tell them about Christ and let Christ save them. He said, I got into his world, got to know them. I invited them over. I broke bread. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, I don't have to be like them to reach them, but I do have to like them. Number three, share your personal story. Share your personal story. Look what the scripture says. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ. Always be prepared to give an answer to the hope that's in you. How is your life different? Let me give you a quick outline, ready? Here's your story. Life before Christ, what was that? How did you meet Christ, and what's it like since then? Really easy, that's your story. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Share your personal, st- you should know your story. And then finally, give a personal invitation. Give a personal invitation. Don't just leave them with the information. Would you like to accept Christ? Would you like to make that decision now? He didn't come into the condemned the world. He came into the world might be saved. Would you like to accept that today before you leave? You're going to give an opportunity to say. Would you like to make that decision today? I was in third grade the first time I did this with somebody. My third-grade buddy in high school or in elementary school, third grade in high school. My form wasn't that great though. So I remember we were, we were playing in my neighborhood and we were in my backyard. And I just, something in me knew then that people that didn't know Jesus, it didn't end well. And I really cared about my friend. It was in third grade, Gravely Elementary, Kingsport, Tennessee. We were in the backyard, my dad had a garden, little shed. He had a garden, I was his laborer. And I remember we were playing out around the shed, and I remember I was a little nervous, but I brought it up to him. And I said, I said, do you know Jesus? And he goes, we go to church. I said, I ain't asked if you go to church. I was like, did you know you're a sinner and you're on your way to hell? (laughs) I've gotten a little better about how I approach it these days. He goes, really? I was like, yeah. And only the blood of Jesus can save you. I said, do you want to do that today? He said, yeah, I said, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go get my Bible. I ran in the house and got my Bible. I took him to Romans for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then I, I knew, it's called it the Romans road when I was growing up. And then I took him to, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I said, do you believe that? He goes, yeah, I said, get on your knees. I'll see that kid in heaven. I don't know what he's doing now, but I know I'll see him in heaven. I'll never forget the year that God, God had me on a a pause in college. And, And that's a spiritual way of saying I had to pay a whole lot of tuition back. And I worked at Montgomery Wards you don't remember the name of Montgomery Wards. And, and I worked in the electronics department, so I had a whole lot of time on my hands. And I worked at the Marriott bellhopping. And three people at Montgomery Wards I ran into. I met Jarrett and I met Brian. And those were really the first two. And I remember talking with Jarrett and, and how he was far from God. He didn't know anything about church, never been around church. And I remember inviting him and my buddy Brian, Brian Bolin, I invited them to church. And that Easter Sunday, it was an Easter Sunday, I invited them and, and the pastor preached on the two thieves on the cross, that one said yes to Jesus and one rejected Jesus. And I remember I got back to work on Monday, they didn't make decisions, and I, I Jared ended up accepting Christ, but I'll never forget, Brian came up to me Monday morning, he goes, Daniel, tears in his eyes. He said, I'm the one that rejected him. and he said I want to know Jesus I never forget leading him to Christ watched him get in community watched him find out his purpose watched him serve Jesus reach so many people watched Jared go from there God called him to ministry into seminary youth pastoring not everybody ends up in full time ministry but I know I'll see those guys in heaven lost contact with what they're doing now Because it was my responsibility. It wasn't my pastor's. It was mine. Your friends are not my responsibility. They're yours. You are the church. You are the army. And you are activated to go make a difference in the world around you. But not only do we want people to know God because you can know God but still be dealing with all the junk of your yesterdays. We want people to find freedom. We want them to know what it is to truly be free. And the way that you find freedom is in community. The Bible says this in James 5, 16. It says, confess your sins or your faults to each other so that you can be healed. The the Bible nowhere says that confessing to God heals you, but it does say it forgives you. Forgiveness and healing are two different things. You can find forgiveness in Jesus, absolutely. Sin's forgiven, slate wiped clean. But you've got to get in community to deal with your yesterdays. And can I tell you something? You'll never be able to clearly see all your tomorrows till you deal with yesterday. And so how do we do that? If this is what God's called us to do, if every lost person is supposed to be saved and every saved person is supposed to be pastored, pastored to freedom. How do we do that? We create these things called small groups. We create this environment, all these amazing leaders at our church. Really unbelievable people that say, you know what, I'm willing to create a space. I'm willing to create some, an environment where people can come in and they can find community. People tell me, I don't go to LifePoint. It's too big. i get lost. Not if you get in a small group. And the buildings aren't that complex. You really can't get lost in here. <laughs> Not if you find a small group. It takes a big church and makes it really small. You find community, you find freedom, why? Because it's a place where you can take the mask off get real. And it's a place where you take next steps, where you continue to grow, you continue to move forward. And that's what God wants for you. It's, It's not anything that we came up with, the book of Acts, they were doing it, it's just what the church has been doing for thousands of years. Paul said, I didn't hesitate to preach anything to you that I thought would be helpful, and I taught you publicly, and I taught you from Zoom room to Zoom room, from driveway to driveway, from house to house, from park to park, from backyard to backyard, from distancing to distancing, like whatever it is that make you feel comfortable, but this is what they've been doing. They got together publicly in large gatherings, and the church has been doing it for thousands of years, and then they got together from house to house. I would hate for you to go through the journey and go, I prayed that prayer, I said yes, I know God, and then stop. Because you're missing out on all this amazing stuff that God has for you. And can I tell you something, in this season, small groups is church in a really big way. It is the place. It is the place where you find community and you find freedom. Can I tell you something? Small groups is the place where healing really begins. Because as much as I love these gatherings and I believe God can speak, healing is often a process. You know where marriages get healed? They may get inspired on the weekend, they get healed in community. You know where racial barriers start to come down? When people from different walks of life different ethnic groups get around in a house and begin to have conversation around what does the Bible say? You know where where financial freedom begins to be found? It's where people get in community and they get wisdom and they get to take the face off and go I'm under so much financial stress. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm about to crack. Oh well let me help you. I've learned this and let me help you. I've learned this and let me help you. God showed me this. That every one of you needs community. Every one of you online needs community. And we have a group that is at your level of comfort. Maybe you're not comfortable with leaving the house, then get on a, a Zoom group. Or maybe you're comfortable with going, but you don't want to go inside, then find a group that's like meeting in parking lots and distancing. Or maybe you're like, I don't care, I'll come to your house. And if you'll let me in it, I'll come in. And then do that, do whatever Is that your level of comfort? But for God's sake, don't do anything. Don't just do nothing. Take a step. Because God wants every lost person saved. And he wants every saved person pastored. And the way we do that here is in small groups. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. I also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving. We can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people.
1: Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LIFEPOINT to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.